Hi people and hello my Chili Con Carnage crew, it's Chili here from Live Listener Raced and you know it, this is the episode of the podcast where we're going to be selecting three bands and we're going to make you decide which ones are going to be on this list for Erased, which one you're going to see live once and which one you're going to listen to for the rest of your life. I'm joined by Tom the Green Man, how are you Tom? Actually, yeah, all good here, all ready to be, uh, I'm sure, given a very difficult choice. <laughs> oh, yes. And if you haven't checked out the episode before, make sure to check it out. Side A, where Tom's list is, it's just such a painful list. I'm just re the horror, <laughs> the PTSD has come back to me. <laughs> oh. Yeah, still recovering from the experience myself. <laughs> oh. I just, I, we, we, we managed to do it, both of us. We overcame the uh, odds. We've came to a decision. You guys will have to watch it if you haven't already. But this is side B. This is now my list. And I'm hoping, uh, Tom, this list will be a little bit painful for you. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. We shall see. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Like they say, misery loves company with that first list, man. I just. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. So with this list. I had a feeling that you might enjoy a bit of the progressive area. I thought I'd yep. uh, bring it into a bit of progressive territory with the three following artists. Dream Theater, of course. Porcupine Tree. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, mm. no- <laughs> and No Beth. Oh, God. <laughs> That's nasty, that is. <laughs> <laughs> it is a nasty, progressive really metal nasty. list. Ooh. I'm going to have to really think about that. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. that's going to be interesting. Yeah. It's going to be an interesting list for progressive <laughs> metal fans just sitting there going, <laughs> I could imagine that one like just going on there. So which band would you like to start on? Um, which band should we start on? Um... We start on Opeth. Let's start on Opeth. Oh, please do. Yes. <laughs> so, Opeth, which uh, I just, I was also just watching a documentary on them um, just before we joined on the video call because obviously they've got some ties we'll bring into that. But they're an interesting band, aren't they? Very intriguing. What's your favourite album out of uh, the Opeth catalogue? I guess you could say it's a hard one to say. <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've kind of changed my mind on this a few times as well. I, I I think I often go, I think I've said Still Life most often when people ask me my favourite Opus album. Um, but I sometimes say Ghost Reveries. Mm. That's a big album by there as well. Yeah, a lot of people would um, obviously say Blackwater Park. Yeah, and I, I, I love that album, but I don't know what it is. It's just, um, yeah, I, I, I kind of, I love it, but it's, it's not quite for me. There, I, I just don't go back to it as much as um, the other two I mentioned, Still yeah. Life and Ghost Reveries. Do you reckon they picked that just purely because of the leper affinity? And that would probably be about it. <laughs> Um, I I don't know. I think it's oh, there's a lot of great stuff on there. You got like the title track as well, and and that's really really great. Um, 
but uh, yeah, I, I don't drapery falls as well. It's just it is, it's a, it's on. To be honest, it's a terrific album. I'm, I don't want to downplay Blackwater Park. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> be after me. Well, be after me. Um, but but I just do find I I go back to those other two a bit more often. To be honest. Um, okay. Fair. Yeah. Interestingly, yeah, uh, it's interesting. We got the Porcupine Tree connection here because mm-hmm. Opeth and. Michael Ackerfeld and Stephen Wilson, very good friends. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah that brings that into the equation here as well. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, Opeth are bands with quite a, an evolution over time, aren't they? They they started quite heavy, you know, progressive, melodic death sort of metal with their early albums, Orchid, Morning Rise. Yeah. Um, but then they've, they've gone down a more prog rock, psychedelic 70s rock stuff since about heritage that's where there was the biggest change and and heritage therefore you know lots of the death metal side of the opeth fan base crying out in anger at heritage going heritage (laughs) it's heresy you know um (laughs) and uh yeah i I was i sort of see because the thing is i do get some of that though because michael ackerfeld's growls are a thing to be reckoned with. They are the strong, the strongest harsh vocals in all of metal for me. And yeah. to lose that, to not have that anymore, you can see why some fans would be a bit. Ah, I yeah. miss those grounds so much. You you can get it when you when you really love someone's voice or their vocal style, and they change it. It, it does. The, the, but the thing is for me is that he also does have great cleans. His clean singing is really underrated. Well, not underrated, but. I think people love his growl so much they don't always recognise the guy's a damn good singer. It's like a Corey Taylor almost with his dual mm. ability to do clean and unclean vocals. Yeah, you know? and both to a high standard as well. Yeah. Mm. And I mean, I can understand where you're going for. Um, sorry, coming from when you're saying like, oh, you know, his harsh vocals and everyone's crying out because he's you know one of the best. It's almost like Foo Fighters being with Dave Grohl as not a drummer. You know, all yeah. of a sudden we're losing one of the best drummers in the world, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, but he's writing this other cool shit too. Come listen yeah. to that. <laughs> <laughs> I think, did you do a video recently on Heritage? Oh, I don't think so. No, no. Um, I've done an Opeth ranking. I did a, a video where I talked about maybe in Cardavenanum a bit, but I think that must have been a top list, 10, 20 list of a year, actually, mm. when I talked about that album. Um yeah, I I think I've spoken about them in pockets on the channel, but not at length. There was some video I saw, and they were talking about Heritage, obviously being its divisive line by the fan base, and they're just saying, is it as bad as what people say it is? And if I'm being straight up, Opeth is not a band I'm hugely into. Um, you know, I like a lot of their tracks and I find them interesting because there's the progressive, softer side of them and then there's the black metal screaming side of them. Yep. You could almost have two different, you know, playlists of um, Opeth and you could swear they're two different bands, <laughs> you know. Yep. It's just so weird. And, you know, someone said, oh, yeah, Heritage, pretty good album, come back, listen to it. So I played it and I'm like, damn, this is actually really cool. I like it. This is to my style. It's a good album. Sorceress, uh, I think, was the other one as well. Um, good. Yeah, like, yeah. there's there's some really... Yeah, there's some albums in the more recent times that I've listened to. Um, but when I compare it to... Actually, just, sorry, funny story here, but the very first album I bought of theirs was Watershed, 
and I picked it up at a gas station for $2. Oh, wow. That's a good deal. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I know of this band, and I'm not going to pass up a $2 CD. I will buy an Opeth album today. And that was my first taste. And I remember playing the very first, you know, Coil is that little intro three-minute piece, and next second, Air Apparent. And I'm like, what the f- what is this? <laughs> you know, my ears weren't ready for the um, sonic assault that was landing upon me. But they're a band that I'm, if I'm going to be honest here, the earlier stuff is very hard to listen to. The very black metal, you know, side of things. Like, what do you, what do you think about when you're listening to Opeth early stuff? I should say. Oh, I, I really enjoy it. I think they've got, um, and I think even their early albums, they do mix with this sort of folky acoustic sound sometimes with mm. that really harsh, heavy, like you say, sort of more black metal, death metal style that they have. Um, and it just works. It, it's like there's some quite sharp transitions that, that you know, in, in still life, um, in my arms, your hearse as well, I think, like there are transitions where but it sort of works um and it's because they're just really talented i think and they have that ability to switch up tempos and and styles with the drop of a hat and it's just crazy really that they can do that um and do it so well uh you know a lot of bands probably try to be like i bet that it just <laughs> just doesn't happen you know no man that's definitely they, a reader could of, learn a thing or two. <laughs> it's it's a bit of jazz as well. They 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 have like yeah. like in Sorceress and Abbas, they're pretty jazzy, aren't they? But but um, what is the song I'm thinking about now? Where I think it's one of the songs of Still Life, where it's just amazing. I think it might be um, Godhead's Lament, where okay. it goes from a really heavy section with sort of um, you know the power chords and everything. Mm-hmm. And then it drops suddenly into this like really jazzy kind of um, yeah. like section where they just totally change the the arrangement, but it works. And it's just like how on earth have they done that? I mean, you see other bands like Between the Buried and Me do that a lot, actually. Oh, yes. um, yeah, they do that a lot with transitions. Mm. But yeah, Opeth are one of the masters for me of of the transition from different styles. Yeah. yeah, and still, still making it work in the song, which is an art form, you know. Yeah, the transitions are just absolutely phenomenal. I'm just, I, you raise a good point, like the heaviness sections where it just comes out of this brutally fast tempo, you know, and next second it'll just be sudden stop, acoustic playing, you know, and softly spoken part, and then you know, back into it, and you're like, oh my gosh, what? And, and they've mastered that that ability to do such an mm. effort, you know? It's incredible. <laughs> Very yeah. few bands can pull off what they what they do so seamlessly almost. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, like Between yeah. the and Me, I guess. Yeah, they do it quite well, to actually. Be, to be honest, yeah, yeah. I mean, I struggle to say much negative about Opeth. I, I really do. I think, if anything... Some of their early, early work, like Orchid, was a little bit lacking in direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find that I do miss some of the bite in their later albums that they had in their earlier albums, despite their albums being perfectly good mm. progressive rock albums. I think because I'm 
I'm not one of those fans that obsesses about his his harsh vocals, but yeah. I do miss them a bit. <laughs> um, and I think sometimes it, that there would be no harm in them going back to that if they wanted to. And uh, but but I'm not sure we're going to get that. Um, yeah, they're they're just a, a really legendary um, band. Again, a bit like the bands we we're talking about on the other episode, mm. Trailblazers. They really are trailblazers. Yeah. For prog. Yeah. When it comes to prog, modern, modern metal. Metal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they've got a great. Um, they had an interesting transition. Sorry, not transition. What was the word I was trying to think of? Production quality, I guess, changed with Blackwater Park. Um, mm which saw Stephen Wilson being brought in on that record. Yeah. And yeah. really changed it up when you compare it to their earlier stuff, in particular the 90s material, um, to Blackwater Park. Yeah. Yeah, it, it just had a very polished sound, in it? It was all um, produced extremely well, as you'd expect from Stephen Wilson, I think. Like, mm. very clean... You know, it's one of those things that's kind of difficult to describe, isn't it? Super clean production, but you still got the heaviness coming through on yeah. the album. Um, sometimes I worry when production is too perfect in metal that you lose just a bit of the punch and the rawness of the guitars and the drums that you want, actually. Mm. Um, so, you know, you don't want overly processed stuff sometimes with metal. You want it to hit you. But the way that album is produced is really good because it, it's just takes out some of the kind of you, you, some of the stuff you don't want but it still manages to make it a great final product mm, yeah yeah it kind of reminds me actually <clears throat> sorry of someone i was interviewing before and they were talking about listening to black metal my question was what do you prefer record cd or streaming and he goes tapes i'm like yeah what he goes yeah tapes for black metal that sound yeah <laughs> And I'm like, man. just like it's in your room, yeah. blasting away at you in your room, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, man, I only ever owned one tape, and that was um, Green Day's Nimrod. <laughs> so I've got, I've got no comparison for that. I was like, okay, that that question caught me off. Well, sorry, the answer caught me off guard. But I can imagine some people who, you know, when a particular Opeth fans probably did have a few of theirs on cassette, and just like, going, yeah, man, that's how it's listed. Yeah, that's the, yep, that's it. <laughs> But no, I mean, still, they didn't. It, it wasn't over polished to the point where it, it lost any, yeah, graph. I guess it still yeah. is punchy. It's still yeah. weighty, <clears throat> all behind it. Yeah. I should say. So yeah, this is perfectly. It's mint record. <laughs> yeah. Man, oh, I was listening to it actually just earlier today and. You forget how hard Leper Affinity hits you sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. That's a great song. Oh, it's such a good track. I can't think of the other one, is it? Um, Pain I haven't actually listened to an Opeth album in full for a little while, so you've got me thinking. <laughs> You're going to go back to it. It's like, damn, I remember, go back to, I remember yeah. this one. Window Pain, that was the other track I was just thinking of. Oh, that Damnation album, like Deliverance Damnation is, oh, those two albums, I absolutely love those, yeah, oh man, <laughs> I was thinking, I haven't mentioned those yet, I have to mention those, because, there we go, um, they're, they're like the, they're, they're like the two sides of Opeth, but separated into the two different albums, because Deliverance is the really aggressive, heavy side of the band, Damnation is the beautiful, mellow, um, 
more song focused, I would say, side of the band, you know, and it's it's the two contrasts working working well as separate albums and yeah, two of my favourite albums as it happens. It's like Jekyll and Hyde situation going on with yeah, the band. That's, that's exactly what I was thinking. It was that was in the back of my mind, it just wasn't coming to the front of my tired tired brain. <laughs> For those of you, I had to wake up Tom really early for this episode, people. So don't cut him some slack, all right? Cut him some slack. <laughs> Man, I forget. Um, sorry about Damnation. That is one of the albums, actually, when it comes to their <clears throat> 2000s material, I probably have played that very little or much more or less than I should have, is my answer. <laughs> and I, I mean, window pane, damn. Yeah. I. I like you, I, I'm going to be playing their full album, I reckon, after this, because it's something I just haven't listened to in quite a while, and I need to go back and listen to it, now I'm thinking about it. Because, yeah, I mean, I was listening to Blackwater Park before, and I think the other one was Watershed as well, and while they're good tracks, it was a little bit hard for me to listen to as a full album experience. Like, you got to be in the right mindset, at least in from where I was coming from, I guess. But... I don't know, get, get yourself hyped up in the right situation. Talking to myself here, that's all. <laughs> you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. <laughs> yeah. Listen to Damnation. <laughs> but a very unlikely... Um, yeah. I mean, you maybe have to be in a certain mood to listen to Damnation because it's very mellow. You know, got to be in that moment where you want something a bit, bit more different, a bit mellower. Mm, yeah, that's true, I guess, yeah. But yeah, it's a uh, very interesting stuff when it comes to like, oh God, yeah, you got like the acoustic section, then you got yeah. There's, there's so many Jekyll and Hyde's amongst the band. It's like, how are they doing this? Yeah, they do so well. It's such a good band. Oh gosh, <laughs> just goosebumps thinking about that one now. Which band would you like to? Um, I mean, like, it's it's. Interesting. Uh, sorry, now I just remembered the point. I was. I think I'm getting the same brain as you at the moment. I was just talking about the um, at the beginning of this, the interview that they had uh, with Michael and discovering Porcupine Tree, and he was saying how back in like 1995, I think he said the guitarist for Catatonic came up to him and was like, "Hey, you got to listen to this band," and gave him a CD. And it was a Porcupine Tree CD. The sky moves sideways. And he goes, I love them ever since. You know, we just listened to all their material, played it on through, and <clears throat> eventually he found out that um, Steve and uh, Steve Wilson um, was a big fan of Obeth. And they invited him over because they were writing their new album, Blackwater Park. And they're like, oh, why don't you um, come in and produce it? It's like, yeah, sweet, I'll do it. And. Well, shit, like they say, the rest is history. The guys are like ultimate friendship all of a sudden, best buddies. And it's kind of interesting how much... I, do you reckon um, because of that interaction, and I guess Stephen being in the producer's uh, booth, they've had that effect on them where Opeth has become a more progressive sound. They've quietened down, if you will. I think so. I think it's been said a lot, actually, um, that they influenced each other and then each mm. other's music. Yes. Because Opeth got a bit more prog rock and a bit more atmospheric in a way. Um, 
uh, atmospherics maybe not the right words as such but they went more in a direction no, I... which was starting to sound a bit more like porcupine tree stuff mm. and then porcupine tree got a bit heavier yeah you know you listen to deadwing and it's like whoa yeah there's, there's a weird transition here <laughs> and i missed something but but i mean we're going to talk about porcupine street probably in a minute aren't we but yeah the <laughs> the, the deadwing album is um it's like you hear the opeth effects on that album mm. and a little bit on in absentia as well yeah in absentia is also a really good one i mean like you know especially when it comes to like this is what i wanted this is why i wanted to talk about these two bands is because they got such a nice intermixing uh ability yeah. with them within them and they do get a lot of um parallels drawn between the both of them because of the way that they seem to affect and whether or not they got influences from each other because of the recording processes and all that stuff involved who knows probably yes but well i guess what they've written now is what they've written. <laughs> but you're yeah. right, Deadwing is such an, a loud album compared to, you know, the albums before that came before it. Up the Downstairs and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Oh. Yeah, it's pretty different. Uh, I um I gotta say, Porcupine my first taste into Porcupine Tree was uh, the sky moving sideways. That was my first CD I got of theirs because the, um, I, I can't remember which reviewer said it. It was like, oh, this is a band that is like Pink Floyd. And I was heavily into Pink Floyd uh, phase at the time. And I'm just like, all right, I'm going to go listen to this Pink Floyd sounding band. Sure enough, the album is very much like a Pink Floyd version. It's like, Pink, uh, sorry, it's like Porcupine Trees, Wish You Were Here isn't it? <clears throat> yeah, it's got yeah. that long track and mean. the acoustic piece in there. And it's a really good album. I love that album. Yeah, that's a really good one, actually. Yeah, yeah. Great bass work in that in that Sky Move Sideways. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Col Colin. <laughs> he rejoined the band for the recent album, didn't he? He was off for a little while, but then he, I think he came back for the, the recent one. Didn't he? Yes, I think so. I will be stand. I'll stand corrected. I'm sure if I'm wrong about that one. But yeah, I think he did. Yeah. Um, what a great album as well. Oh um, God, yeah. <laughs> one they for that. Closure yeah. continuum. Yeah, yeah. That was almost in my top. Yeah, that was my number five for last year. And yeah. My albums of the year list. Yeah. I'm sure it made my top ten. I just couldn't recall right now no they did they definitely did because it was a i think that year was like a bit slow and i remember i was like oh, man porcupine tree it was such an incredible album and of course it's gonna get the one of the spots i just can't remember where it was in the list yeah yeah maybe, maybe fifth as well i can't recall now but yeah like um <clears throat> sorry um the sky moving sideways was my first taste into them and because of the Pink Floyd influence. But then you compare it to Deadwing, um, Fear of a Blank Planet, all that stuff moving forward, and it's suddenly getting heavier and heavier and heavier, especially Fear of a Blank Planet. Damn, that is yeah. that is like peak uh, Opeth influence, surely. You know, yeah. It was such a good album, that one as well. Um one of the last ones to come out on Spotify. I couldn't listen to it for ages, and I couldn't find my CD either. And I'm like, where is it? <laughs> but 
But yeah, what was your um? How did you stumble across Porcupine Tree? I should say. Um, I think this was about the time Deadwing Deadwing came out. Um, two thousand five, two thousand six ish. Was kind of reaching the end of university, um, and I also think my brother-in-law was was a big fan of them as well so i somehow their name got to me and you know similarly to you i think someone said if you like pink floyd probably like them mm. but i think i might have to discover them by chance on youtube at some point when they came up in recommendations okay. and deadwing was the album and uh yeah it was interesting because i heard one song that was um um you know that sort of super heavy which might have been the title track uh, and yeah. then uh, and there's Shallow as well, which is another oh, heavy track on shallow, that album. Yeah. Then there's, that's the name of the track, Lazarus. Which oh, is Lazarus, yeah. Very oh. different. But then I was like, hmm, this is really good. And um, from that point on, I, I discovered a bit more about them. It's interesting because I, I did in the Dark Horse Disc series, I did on my channel last year with Hector and John, we talked about... Um, no, it was, it was the, Actually, no, I did an episode on Porcupine Chew with um, Mary Loves Music. Oh, yeah. And we talked about, as part of that same series, and we talked about Lightbulb's son. And I remember saying to her how I kind of um, started on Deadwing and discovered them sort of... It took a while to discover a lot of their other albums besides their sort of three... Well, I would call their three kind of major ones, which are Deadwing, Fever of Blank Planet, and... Um, uh, in absentia okay so i kind of those three albums were the ones i really got into but i never actually explored them until a few years later properly um, yeah yeah it's interesting that you approached him from that direction uh for me it was like the complete opposite direction yeah I, i've come at it from the pink floyd side of it obviously then i've gone stepping around that 90s era so i've gone to signify staircase um yeah, I love Signify. I, I don't know what... It, yeah, that, I really like that album. <laughs> it's not one of their sort of... Yeah, more, not many people you know, talk about it, albums. but it is kind of highly regarded amongst the fan base. It's an odd... Well, you know what, actually... You know one that gets completely overshadowed that I thoroughly enjoy is Voyage 34. Like, it is such a good track. It's peak progressive movement. You know, four tracks talking about this person having their 34th trip on... I think it was LSD, wasn't it? Yeah, and occasional recordings from the people behind it. And it's very it's an extremely psychedelic piece. You know, uh, released just around the time of Light Bulb's Son as well, I believe. But then I got into the other ones like Metanoia, which was a jam album. Which was a very weird jam album. Still good. But yeah, it's... I, it's we we can completely ignore on the Sunday of life. That thing can get <laughs> that thing can burn. <laughs> it was okay, but yeah, it wasn't um, not their best. I would say for sure. <laughs> a waste of tw I got the special edition version of that. You know, that was thirty bucks, and that was a waste. <laughs> I got it to fulfil my you know my back catalogue collection. Yeah, I know the feeling. Yeah. Oh yeah. God, why did I bother? <laughs> <laughs> radio and i'm radioactive tie you know but it said it should be in this high pitch it's just it's it's like the chipmunks were singing that track alvin and the chipmunks you know uh but yeah okay so i've listened to all their early stuff and then i eventually uh, i think yeah <clears throat> i think um fear of a blank planet came out so 
that was about 2006-2007 when I discovered them. And I remember buying the album and going, what the hell? Where? Sky Moves Sideways, Fear of Blank Planet. What? Because I didn't buy the in-between albums. I didn't get In the Absentia. Oh, right. Yeah. I didn't get yeah, Deadwing. <laughs> I got none of them. I didn't get Stupid Dream or Lightbulb Sun. I just went straight off the deep end and bought the newest album. And, I mean, I loved it. <laughs> no, no, uh... No ifs, ands, or buts. I thoroughly enjoyed Fear of Blank Planet. I think it's one of their best albums. Um, but wow, what a what a weird album, you know, to go from, you know, listening to this weird Pink Floyd psychedelic stuff, Voyage Thirty Four, to pure heaviness that goes for seventeen minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's um, it's that's the thing, stuff. isn't it? <laughs> what did you make of? Um, Stupid Dream and Nightbulb Sun when you got to those. Oh. So, Stupid Dream, I kind of still feel on the fence about. Um, yeah. It's it's one of the last albums I listened to from then. Um, like, I, I barely play it, to be honest. I, I, I mean, I'm just going to go over the tracks here, and I don't think I know... What is it? Piano Lessons? No, Pure Narcotic, I know of that one, yeah. But other than that, it's... It's not a bad album. It's just not a memorable album. It's just a record that's out there in the Porcupine Tree, you know, catalogue, and it just wasn't really that good. Especially when you got the next year comes out, Lightbulb Sun, and that is a really good album, I thought. Especially when you go like Russia on Ice. I think that's one of like it's a really good track. She moved on. <clears throat> Four chords that made a million. It's an interesting track. It's a very tongue-in-cheek kind of song but yeah <laughs> but i i did i really loved light bulb sun i thought it was a really yeah, cool I, record i love that album i think yeah. it gets overlooked a lot by you know around mm. that time because of in, in absentia dead wing and so yeah. forth before those yeah yeah it's it's like just on the on the cuff of them but it deserves a higher spot i reckon in the list you know it's a pretty it's a really good album it's this weird that transition just before you know um they go off into in absentia which fun fact i only listened to in absentia for the first time only about four years ago (laughs) oh you know i think this this is the thing isn't it i mean there's so many great bands with with so many discographies there is going to be well-known bands that you've still not listened to their whole discographies i mean i've got i've got a few that i could say <laughs> yeah you're not going to listen to everything the rolling stones ever you put just out. can't listen to absolutely everything yeah. yeah yeah it's just impossible oh yeah it's absolutely a difficult task to achieve but yeah like i mean and when i listen to in absentia i'm like i was blown away that's such a that's such a good album in, in absentia yeah yeah i i think i listened to trains i definitely saw that performed oh, live actually that was their um encore song they came back out for an encore and they performed trains and i forgot who the drummer was um but he got two drumsticks and his towel and he's holding it like this on the stage and then he did this trick where he pulled the drumsticks out secretly and then he released the towel like that and it's like the drumsticks were gone and i'm like what Weird, a weird little magic, magic trick. trick to hear while trains plays out, which is a really I love I love trains. It's like this highly emotionally charged acoustic track, and 
Love that track. That was one of the first Porcupine Tree uh, songs I heard. I uh, acquired it somehow, just by itself. And obviously, uh, that was the only track I had heard from In Absentia before I ended up playing... Um, I think I found out Blackest Eyes, which is another good track as well. But Oh, yeah. Yeah, pretty much ever since they did the production with um, Opeth, it just got heavier and heavier, and I kind of feel like there's a two-prong reason for it as well, because uh, if you can recall, um, Stephen Wilson went on the attack against Greta Van Fleet recently, calling them out, because they're just this Led Zeppelin tribute band, he pretty much said. All right, and, yeah. I don't really know Greater Van Fleet very well, so yeah, it's all. Yeah. They pretty much are. They pretty much are a Led, um, a Led Zeppelin right. band. But they're they're really good. They're really cool. I I like them. It's interesting music. It's very much to, if you like Led Zeppelin, you're going to like Greater Van Fleet. Let me put it that way. Okay. But yeah, oh, if you if you listen to it, it's a bit, I guess, derogative of Led Zeppelin. It's anyway. So he called out uh, Greta Van Fleet and said. You guys are pretty much nothing but a tribute band. And I kind of get the feeling that he said that because back in the day, in the 90s, he was called out for being nothing but a Pink Floyd tribute band. And mm. because of those comments, he started writing these other tracks that were a bit more influenced for the music at the time. And like he, like we said before, he loved Opeth. He obviously knew Opeth before meeting and producing their record. So he, and he was bringing these influences in slowly over time you know i think just one of these people coming out and saying you're a pink floyd tribute band he goes i realized i didn't want to be that person yeah <laughs> i didn't want that He's, yeah it's interesting that the, the gradual it's a gradual change with porcupine tree because in absentia is not not very heavy but it starts to ramp up a bit of rockiness in it doesn't it and then you get to Deadwing, and that's where you're like, this is actually kind of metal now. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. You know, um, with some pretty ferocious, heavy stuff going on, lots of those tracks. And then and then by the time, you, as you say, you get to Fear of a Blank Planet, they've kind of fully transitioned into prog metal. Mm. Um, but then by the incident, I think they go back a little bit into more psychedelic experimentation stuff. Well, that was a, uh, that was a concept album but, as well. Yeah, the 2009 one, I think. Was it 2009? And yeah, then, um, obviously, the hiatus before they came back last year and put out, yeah, I mean, probably one of my favourite albums from them because I'm still loving that album. So, um, it's yeah. very good. I've got to give a quick shout-out as well to two things. Um, Stephen Wilson's solo career. Holy crap. As, oh. as <laughs> His solo career is almost as colourful as Porcupine Tree. Yeah. And, so much good stuff like Raven Wing and oh, um, yeah. oh my god, four and a half or whatever it was. You know, really good stuff. But he also worked very briefly on this album that I really enjoy, <clears throat> and it's called um, "The Ghosts of Pip Rat." He, I think he appeared on one track out of that album. But basically, it's got. I, I think you didn't you cover this maybe, or maybe am is I that Stephen Rothery's album? Yes. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. So you have I, the three well, Steves I, on I there. Yeah, I haven't spoken about. I've st I've spoken about Stephen Rothery a few times. 
on Green Man. Uh, he's one of my all-time favorite guitarists, and he's very influential on my guitar playing. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think it was the track "Old Man of the Sea" from the Ghosts of Pip Rat, which had like Steve Rothery and Stephen Wilson, and it had see, some other. I've listened to that album. That passed me by that Stephen Wilson was involved in that. I think I just checked out the album once or twice. Oh yeah, it's a very minute detail because it's like an instrumental yeah. album. You know, it's just this very ambient, uh, sorry, ambient uh, guitar mm. album. And I didn't know it until, I don't even know how I stumbled across this album, but, you know, beautiful album by Stephen Rothery. And and then I see Stephen uh, Wilson's name attached to it. I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. Didn't know that. Didn't really hear that either. There's another, because there's a track and it's got three Stevens on it. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. I've forgotten who the third one was, but yeah, if you're looking over the, uh, if you're looking over the list of who did what, it's like three Stevens there at one point. It's it's a really weird one, but yeah, like everything he does is incredible. His production. I mean, even reproducing Yes albums, uh, King Crimson, all this other stuff that he does in the studio. It. He's one of the most. Um, under oh, what's the word I'm trying to think of like his name's not as much of a household name as it should be and it's a shame you know he deserves so much more he's such an incredible such an incredibly talented musician I can't sing his praises highly enough I guess that's what I'm trying to say <laughs> yeah sure but yeah, the recent album... He, he has Stephen, Stephen Wilson. He has just a way of knowing what serves his... He knows his music so well, doesn't he? I think. Oh, yeah. He just has a way of knowing what serves his songs the best. Yeah. And he, yeah, it's it's almost like he's not only a great um, instrumentalist or musician, but he, he kind of has a creative mastermind, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, he's got that damn pad. He he's just got the knack. He's always mm. in that vibe and music, and just the music, a music mogul. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's born for the musical world. That's for sure. Yeah, he made that yeah. apparent when he was singing the line "Born in '67, Year of Sergeant Pepper," and "Are You Experienced?" Yeah. Mm. I'll always remember that line. <laughs> Great musician. So the last one we've got the Mammoth Band here. When it comes to progressive metal bands i <laughs> when you say progressive metal i don't think you could talk about any other band other than dream theater eh? Mm, yeah this is the thing and this is what is going to make this really difficult because their <laughs> dream theater is so influential aren't they Ooh. um yeah big discography with sometimes two and a half hour long <laughs> albums and it might include three tracks <laughs> yeah Oh, God, yes. It's nuts. I, what are they I, doing? I, Every three years they put an album out? It's crazy. Yeah, they're very um, prolific, I think is the word, in theatre. And, you know, I, I think despite some of their albums for me being just far too long, um, I still think that they usually have at least, you know, some songs on the album that I kind of would still want to go back to. Um, so, yeah. Even with the astonishing, which is the album I spoke about on the Chill Dudes on a Couch channel when oh, they're in it? the Is It That Bad series, and I was the only one to save it. 
Oh yeah, you're you're uh, a braver man than me. Saved the astonishing. Um, yeah. Yeah. I I and I saved it just because I, it it kind of keeps bringing me back to it a bit and wanting to hear a song on there again. Um, so I was like, can I really can I really throw it away? And I thought, well, maybe not. So yeah. <laughs> I ended up saving it, but it's like it's one of those albums. It is a real. If you try and listen to the whole thing, it's it's it's. Yeah, nah, I can't do it, man. Because that's what it's I was going to ask you guys. Co- I knew you covered a Dream Theater album. I just wasn't sure if it was Fallen Into Infinity, or The Astonishing. Um, yeah, I think it was The Astonishing. We spoke about um, Train of Thought as well on Dark Horse Discs too. Yeah, that's it. That's a good yeah. album. I love that really album. Good album. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's weird how much it doesn't get spoken. It's like, what is it, the heaviest Dream Theatre album that you'll listen to, but it's squished between, you know, Metropolis, Six Degrees of Separation, and then Octavarium. So it gets overshadowed. <laughs> yeah. But it also kind of doesn't have a highly memorable song like those albums, I guess. It's got solid tracks, but anyway, I, I loved it. I loved that album. I loved it. <laughs> can't speak highly enough of it yeah i mean dream theater uh, yeah they've got i think maybe they haven't sort of evolved a huge amount but i would say out of the other bands we were discussing like uh, opeth and porcupine tree have both had like their evolutions and they're quite clear evolutions with dream theater i would say maybe slightly less so but Mm. there are still some changes um, the bands obviously had over time where they've sometimes switched up and got a bit more heavy, like a train of thought. And then other albums where they have just gone full ballad, you know, like with the astonishing. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. No, you're right and, there. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's weird though. Cause obviously you go through the first album when dream and day unite, <clears throat> which is limited, I think due to the production mostly some decent tracks but mostly yeah. production hampers the quality of that one and then they changed i think they had the change of singers around that time didn't they and images and words comes out and it's this phenomenal album and it's yeah. almost like Thanks. the okay we got the formula going and that's it <laughs> yeah. yeah um yeah images and words onwards pretty strong period for them i think um I, I think they've they've had sort of you know the 90s and 2000s for me is their ultimate like best stuff I think on the whole oh yeah you know, I think the 2010s and nothing against you know a lot of people state that it's Mike Portnoy leaving and um, Mangini coming in on the drums that's the reason why but I I don't know about that I think there's still some really good stuff in the 2010s um, but just slightly less so as, as a period of time as an era I sort of see them in those kind of three eras to me, like the 90s and the 2000s and 2010s. Um, Images and Words is a classic. Funnily enough, a classic that I don't actually love that much for some reason. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I find it like it's got got some memorable songs on there, but there's just just like... Pull Me Under. Pull Me Under's good, but (laughs) yeah, the the album doesn't really just do it for me much. I don't know what it is. But yeah, it's it's their classic, I guess. But yeah, it's never really done a lot for me. Um, I I really like Awake a lot. Um, that's one of my favourite albums from them. Falling into Affinity is not bad. I think the album gets a little bit of 
dislike but really um wow. yeah it does. I, well i say that that's just me watching lots of other youtube channels where it ends up lower down you know in the rankings and stuff oh, yeah. um it's kind of it, it was a little bit more had a bit more of a 90s alternative rock style to that album i think yeah they were kind it's, of going for something weren't they yeah hollow years and stuff like that mm. Yeah, some tracks there that aren't bad, but it, like, yeah, like they were going for that new '90s alternative rockish sound, and it just kind of wasn't working for them. Yeah, yeah. The, they're they're sort of colossus for me. Their masterpiece is probably Metropolis Part Two, Scenes from a Memory. Oh yeah, that you've already mentioned. Ah, and now that's an example of a long album that is perfectly fine mm. as it is. A long album yeah dream theater are a bit guilty of lots of long albums like some of the aforementioned <laughs> where they just jam out for far too long and it's just like please stop or <laughs> they do too many of the same sorts of songs yeah. um whereas with scenes from a memory is like the, the very best of their i think their versatility as a band mm. their skills but bringing them down to a concept to a story also making it quite memorable you know there's lots of songs on that album that stick with you aren't they mm. i think um and scenes from memory is is one of my all-time favorite albums without any any doubt at all. it's it's just i think it's a really great album it's a toss-up for me because yes that is such a gargantuan effort um yeah and i've heard it being called probably the biggest uh, sorry the best prog rock and I mean rock, not metal, prog rock album out there, better than even Dark Side of the Moon and a few others. I've heard it being called as such. Oh, yeah, that's, a, that's, big, a, that's a big call. Now, it's one of my favourite all-time albums, but Dark Side of the Moon, better than that? Oh, that's a tricky one to call. That's a yeah. big call, right? Yeah. But yeah. anyway, look, that's someone else's opinion. But yeah. for me, um, obviously, yes, Metropolis Part 2. But on par is the track of Change of Seasons. Oh yeah, fair point. Yeah, and point. it is such a wow. It's such a um, oh god. The, the the it's just the craftsmanship involved in this one song. Um, and I I made the comparison of this song to the Weezer Seasons albums. You remember how those ones oh, came yeah. out? Because I'm thinking, okay, Weezer, yeah, that's gonna be interesting. That they're trying something different. And I kind of jumped to the conclusion it would be that kind of effort. And then said it turned out to be a hot pile of garbage. <laughs> and I'm like, Dream Theater people, this is how you do it in under 25 minutes. <laughs> yeah. And to perfection. It's, oh. Like, if, if you haven't heard that, it's like the tales of life and death of a man um, told in 25 minutes, musically and lyrically. It's bang. It's so good. <laughs> Such a good album, that one. Actually, funny, uh, Awake was also my first album that we uh, got from Dream Theater. And my brother found it in the street. <laughs> this, little burnt, <laughs> this little burnt CD dream theater awake and written on each side of and the left yeah and it worked it was like yeah. really badly scratched and we're like this is yeah. not gonna work 
put it in the CD player, the computer. You know, and See, if it was Kajira, you wouldn't be able to tell whether or not it was that sound. This one's skipping. <laughs> yeah. But no, we, uh, we had a wake, and I remember putting it in, and there was this instant thing, because I was a massive Metallica fan. Um, my brother and a few of my friends were Dream Theater fans, and there was always the comparison, which one's better, Metallica or Dream Theater? <laughs> and I know, kid, we, we were young. What can yeah, we say? Seem, seem very different. Oh, they're very maybe. different. Now I'm thinking yeah. about it, but I'm, no, Metallica's better, because Metallica, <laughs> you know very different very different and even like their live stuff live at Budokan um you know uh the around the train of thought Octavarium era even Systematic Chaos it doesn't get mentioned as much it's a good album yeah but it, yeah it's still a good one I like I think I like the the tracks on Systematic Chaos that start the album and end the album the, the first track and the last track there's like a part one and part two isn't there I can't remember the name of it now that's what I uh, in the presence of enemies enemies that's it yes yeah. very good very good track yeah Forsaken Prophets of War is pretty cool uh, oh yeah that's pretty good too yeah 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 like it's it, it again it's a lot of the album that gets overshadowed and I the two thousands th- albums are just a bunch of. I mean, we we did Train of Thought as Dark Horse discs, but mm. the two thousands albums are all kind of dark horses because they yeah. fall after their classics era. Yeah. But you've got Train of Thought. I mean, Octavarium. You've mentioned um, uh, Systematic Chaos. Um, we haven't even mentioned the other one, the uh, Six Degrees, Six of, degrees of Turbulence, which yeah. actually is one I don't really gravitate towards much, but. It's again. That's that is a. To be fair, that's a good album. Um, I only listened to that one again, like maybe three or four years ago, and I was like, "Where was this hidden?" <laughs> I, I after years of listening to subpar Dream Theater albums, I got frustrated and went back to the the catalog, and I'm like, "Oh, Six Degrees of Inner Turbulence." I haven't played this album yet, and there's the 46 minute ending track at the very end. You know, and before that, you've got, like, these other 12-minute-long tracks. I'm like, The Glass Prison. Oh, you know, The Great Debate. Yeah. How did I miss that? <laughs> oh, I don't know. But, I mean, the other one as well, Black Clouds, Black Clouds and Silver Linings. Silver Linings. Now, that's one of my... Yeah, I love that album. It's, it's a bit more of a emotive album, isn't it? It's got a bit of emotion going on with that one. Yeah, there's a for lot, sure. Yeah, there's a lot going on with that one. Uh, yeah. A Nightmare to Remember, which is like a car accident or something at the beginning, if I recall. Yeah. And the weird story of the Count of Tuscany. Yeah. Um, which I love. 20 minutes. Yeah, the, the 20 great minute. song. And really good, yeah. I, I kind of get the feeling that's based on... A, is that based on a real event? It sounds like it could have been. Yeah. I think it was inspired by John Petrucci's experience in Italy. Um, I can't remember whether it was to, that he met a count, the Count of Tuscany, or that it was a, it was that he went somewhere that was linked to the Count of Tuscany, wow. a mansion, maybe a mansion or something. And from that experience comes a great track. I, I love that about music generally. When yeah. somebody has an experience and they are able to turn it into 
a song in this case a 19 minute one but <laughs> I mean, the that's, that's John Petrucci for you isn't it <laughs> I mean the lyrics are so obscure that you're just like this this is not just plucked out of your imagination and yeah. did that really happen because he's talking about going down to the cellar where the bodies of his family are and drinking wine with them and I'm like what <laughs> yeah like I don't know. I can't remember that bit actually, but yeah, that probably is part of the oh, yeah, story. Something like that. It's yeah. oh, I don't know, man. It's really weird. <laughs> but then you go like as soon as like black clouds and silver linings. Okay, <clears throat> Mike Portney's out of the band, and there's a whole reason behind that. But I mean, should we cover it quickly? <laughs> Go for it, yeah. Um, yeah, so what is it? He, he joined Avenged Sevenfold because the Rev died. Um, so he joined them for a tour. And the band were like, well, we're still going to put out an album whether you're in the band or not. And he's like, well, I'm going to want a tour with Avenged Sevenfold. No, I'm not going to rejoin the band. And they just said, all right, we'll get a new drummer. That's the short story of it. But, yeah, everything after that. Uh, ha, 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 yeah. I mean, it's a dramatic turn of events. It, it's I, I, I'm a bit of devil's advocate with that one. I, I do like that album, actually. Yeah? It's... I, the, the albums I like less post Portnoy are probably um, the Astonishing and the self-titled one. Um, those two are kind of just a bit flat for me. Although, as I say, the Astonishing has some moments I don't mind <laughs> controversially. Yeah. Um, but the uh, um, the Jurassic Turn events, I think it's got that opening track I really love. And now I can't remember the name of it. On the backs yeah. of angels. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Yep. Yeah. Very good um, track. One, and a couple of others on there as well. So, yeah, I quite like that one, but I can see why, yeah, it's it's not... I don't think it's as focused as, as the albums prior for me. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I don't know what it is, and, of course, like you said, people will say it's because Mike Portney left, which is probably not... I, I don't see it as that. I just don't... I don't... I think they might have been... Maybe contributed to it a bit, but yeah. not, not the whole reason, yeah. I can't yeah. see it's a main factor. Maybe they were just burnt out a little bit at the time and whatever. I think yeah, it's a it's a really bad album title to be calling it a dramatic turn of events right after replacing your drummer. <laughs> just yeah, so- we're gonna we're gonna make it the album title. That's <laughs> kind of like what they're saying. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, but even I mean, like their most recent effort is probably their best return to form. I feel a view from the top of the right. world. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, like, that's a pretty good. Oh, the alien answering the call, um, a view from the top. The self-titled track, of course. There's just a lot of tracks there. Like this is the first time when I was listening to this album, uh, preparing for my review on it. And I'm like, this is actually the dream theater that I know and I love. It's like they're in that groove. They're back to it, and they're yeah. They're I think it. I I like a view from the top of the world. I love distance over time as well personally mm. <laughs> i don't know what you think about distance over time but yeah I, I i enjoy that album a lot it's a bit more it's a short album really for them and it's shorter songs but um but they i just think they really like make a point quickly instead of jamming around for 10 minutes and then coming back to a particular theme or something so yeah i don't think i've listened to distance over time actually i just realized oh overshadow okay it. i well, didn't know yeah. about that one <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or, or check it out. Yeah, I think it's a really good album. Okay. Um, it's a bit more, um, 
I want I kind of want to say it's a little like one of their 90s albums in mm. a way um which is why I think That's it got cool. a lot of acclaim got quite a lot of positive reception when it came out I think um there's great tracks on there um pale blue dot um Bastel warrior mm. great song Bastel warrior amazing song actually I think I did play Bastel warrior I think I heard it somewhere yeah. but yeah that's a good track there mm. so yeah three big progressive metal bands <laughs> amongst the mix <laughs> I hope this one is as painful as it is for you <laughs> as it was for me because yeah okay so out of the three bands here we had Dream Theater Opeth and Porcupine Tree Tom I throw it over to you Ugh, yeah this is very difficult i feel like i'm i'm gonna have to make mine up very quickly because as we've been talking i've been thinking oh yeah i'm gonna have to make a decision aren't i um <laughs> we can't but we're, we're doing we're doing it it'll be a whole dream theater album later yeah yeah i mean each three bands have their real merits to them in the way that i think dream theater sets a sort of the marker down in a way um porcupine tree the bands i particularly love um that I haven't seen live and then you've got uh, opeth who another band i really love um with a, a pretty extensive pretty impressive catalog mm. uh so oh god yeah this is really tough um because i i do love dream theater as well so this is yeah <laughs> okay i think i'm gonna say i think i'm gonna say opeth to listen to Ooh, okay. um, possibly a little bit surprising in a way but I think they they out of all three bands their music struck me the hardest I think when I kind of have listened to them and first listened to them as well yeah they really made a strong impact whereas when I first listened to Porcupine Tree even when I first listened to Dream Theatre there wasn't the same kind of a reaction from me to their music as much as I enjoyed them and as much as I love lots of their albums. So why am I doing this anyway? <laughs> but Opeth, I think there are so many albums from Opeth that I would not hesitate to listen to. Even their prog rock era, where I'm slightly less maybe into it by taste, just taste alone. But even stuff like, you know, we've talked about Heritage and the Encarta Venenum and uh, their 2014 name is uh gone from me the the album pale communion that's a great little album um from opeth as well so i think because of the extent of the opeth discography and their impact on me they are gonna just about be the listen to now this is this is where <laughs> uh yeah right erasing either porcupine tree or dream theater yeah um I think prog metal will, will, the community will, either way, the community is going to come after me. It's just like an impossible position. Because <laughs> if I'd have raised Opeth or Porcupine Tree or Dream Theatre, they're all such big bands in the genre. Damascus yeah, Sword one, fan there, base, isn't it? one fan base is going to be, right, Green Man, <laughs> you're on my hate list now. Um, so, yeah, okay, I think I've made my mind up, though. Because I haven't seen them live and because I think they would be incredible live, um, I'm going to say Porcupine Tree, <laughs> which means, <laughs> which means I, I am 
in racing dream theater and um that that does mean erasing their albums as well doesn't it yep (laughs) (laughs) oh man that's that's really sad that that's sad that that means that the likes of um you know uh metropolis part two Oh my god, that's like the oh my gosh! When you're thinking about it, one of the best progressive metal albums. <laughs> but, but I think the reason that I've decided that is because there are more Dream Theater albums that I feel a bit more lukewarm to than the other two bands. Yeah, that's the issue for me. Uh, I mean, I could change my mind tomorrow on this one a little bit, but I think as important a band as Dream Theater are, if it's my decision. And it comes down to me alone. They're, they're getting erased. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's a tough one to call out to. But yeah, we've got our reasons at the end of the day, people. Yeah. Like, yeah, and they're pretty good reasons, you know. When it comes to these three bands, and I mean, geez, when it comes to progressive metal, could you name any three bigger giants in the field? Yeah, Chuckanauts. You've named yeah. Chuckanauts. <laughs> these guys wow um i i straight up would uh erase opeth oh yeah <gasps> it, <gasps> dun 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 it's like breath there my goodness all right <laughs> fair enough it's, it's, they're, they're, it, yeah it does boil down to a bit of a simple choice though opeth was the last one out of these two uh three yeah i see and yeah, yeah. it's and i'm still not into the extreme metal side of it i'm, I'm okay I am I am halfway across there, people. I am listening to black metal these days. I I am dipping my toe into that field and enjoying it. Um, I think I'm just still a little while off, thoroughly enjoying it. You know. Um, so until then, Opeth is this band that has some cool songs, uh, albums as a whole. Eh, that's a different story. So, unfortunately, Opeth out of the picture, erased. Which leaves two extremely difficult choices to make. And I think when you when I'm going to do is I, I would see live I would see Dream Theater live. Because they'll put on this like stupidly long three and a half hour concert and they'll play the hits that you wanted to hear. They'll probably play Metropolis Part Two in full and then they'll play these other songs from a way actually yeah <laughs> yeah like you go through any of them like live in Budokan, yeah. what's that three hour concert yeah <laughs> yeah you know, any of those albums um you, you'll see it but you'll play they'll play all the tracks you want to hear and they'll leave out a lot of the crap i don't know when i if when it comes down to when i would see them that's a hard one maybe Maybe around the 2006 era, somewhere just around Systematic Chaos. It'll be a good time, yeah, yeah. Although that would rule out Black Clouds. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> that makes it difficult. And, of course, yeah. at the end of the day, I'd be listening to um, <clears throat> Porcupine Tree forever, and I wouldn't regret it. I mean, I've seen Porcupine Tree live, as I mentioned before. Um, very, very cool. If I'm being a little bit honest, though... They're okay. They it it was for um the um oh dear what's the name of that album uh the progressive the sorry the concept piece that that um it was like twelve tracks just after Fear of Blank Planet no sorry the one after that 
The one with time flies on it. Incident? Sorry? The Incident, yes, that's it. Yeah, so they were touring for the incident and they played the incident in full. And like it's an okay, it's a good album. It's just not really one of their strongest. You know, I, Time Flies is a cool track. I loved the long version, but hearing the other 55 minutes worth of it <laughs> can be a bit much, especially when you're leaving out fear of blank planet all these other ones and stuff like that so i was a bit let down by that but hey hopefully we can get to see him live this time around because you know i mean what is it they're doing their last tour i think in preparation for closure and continuum but i can't see them because i said listen (laughs) (laughs) oh man but yeah i I would definitely listen to balking bun tree for the rest of my life so damn some hard decisions had to be made there tom and yeah. I think we got there in the end. Very I think different. that was hotter than mine. I think it was actually hotter than my one in episode A. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think th- I think there was a lot to talk about and a lot to unpack. And the worst <laughs> part is when you're just caught on the back foot and you're like, oh dear, mm. he just said that band. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I'm conscious thanks. a lot of my subscribers are Dream Theater fans, so this is going to be a problem. <laughs> I'm just going to link like every video you do now for Dream Theater and I'll be like little five second gap I will erase the Dream Theater yeah <laughs> I will see you subs nice night <laughs> oh man people of my crew make sure to go over to Tom and put those numbers back up <laughs> yeah <laughs> he likes Opeth people go to him oh man uh okay so once again people thank you for checking out this episode of live listen erased in regards to the podcast uh once again uh, it's been a pleasure being joined by tom from the green man check out his channel people check it out he does lots of content in regards to music reviews book reviews uh movies and all that stuff so make sure to check it out his details will be in the bottom of this youtube video Tom, thank you very much for joining us. No problem. Thanks for having me. We appreciate it. Look forward to the uh, <laughs> to the reaction. To the fallout. <laughs> yeah, the fallout, yeah. All right, people. Catch you later. Stay spicy. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Live Listen Erased. And if you have enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with all your friends. Don't forget to subscribe to our Chili Con Carnage crew so you can get notified for all the future videos that we put out, as we put out videos every Friday. Also, we are on Discord, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter over at Live Listen Erased, so make sure to tune in over there. And don't forget to like this video so that our manager can stay very happy.